0: Romans chapter number four. Romans chapter number four will be where we'll begin this morning as we mind the Lord and follow him through what he has for us in this morning service. Um, Today is our 12th anniversary, a special day for my wife and I, and I didn't announce that to the 930 service, um, but um, it is a wonderful, wonderful day for my wife and I, my wife Katie, as you saw her there at the piano. We do have the four children, and two of the boys are with us. We got David, and then Jonathan, then Alyssa, and Juliana are out. Uh, One's in the nursery, and the other one is in kindergarten class, and hopefully the teachers are not, uh, you know, tarred and feathered and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, all is well. And by the way, I'm very eager uh, to be able to see Brother Jackson tonight. I did not realize that he was in the 930 service, and shame on me for not catching that, I suppose, there. But um, Lord is doing a great work over in Ukraine, and I can't wait for him to be able to share an update concerning that. As maybe you were coming in, and I don't want to deviate from the message, but I I do feel liberty of the spirit to say this. Um, if, If you'll go by and see that banner called the Gospel Film. Uh, the Lord allowed us to release that on June 3rd of 2020, and of course, when it was released, we just wanted to make a video. had have, have no agenda with it. We just want God to use it, however He so desires, and just heavily pressed to the Spirit of God to make a video that was just as bottom shelf, but as as best that could be done, at least within our power to do it, as we minded the Lord. And uh, then on January of 2021, we released uh, that film yet again underneath the authority of the nonprofit organization. the Gospel Film Project, and it's been translated into multiple languages, over 51 languages One of them is Ukrainian, and we have that overdubbed where the audio is in sync with the video. Uh, It has been viewed over 12 million times. Uh, There's been over 400 people that have contacted us that have trusted Christ as their personal Savior, hundreds that have requested follow-up, and Brother Jackson um, was with Brother Vlad, who Brother Vlad and his wife translated the gospel film into Ukrainian and into Russian. And so, praise the Lord, I've been encouraged by that, and even the flyers they were distributing over there had the QR code for the gospel film Ukrainian on it, and I think they printed up about 15 to 20 20,000 flyers. So I'm just excited. Amen. And sorry to drag you through all that. I, I know it's not relevant for this moment in the service, but my heart is just so full. Amen. So I look forward to warmly embracing him tonight. I know that's weird for a guy to say about another dude, but anyway, uh, we're eager. And to, to see him and to shake his hand and thank him for his dedication and his sacrifice, I pray that you'd go out of your way and do the same. Romans chapter number four, if you join with me there, and you may remain seated for the reading of God's word, we'll read the beginning of verse number 18 and then pray and then get to the the message that God has for us. Romans uh, chapter number four, Romans chapter number four. The Bible says in verse number 18, speaking of Abraham, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, help us to empty ourselves of ourself. I pray, God, that you'd Help us to get rid of any preconceived ideas that we may have. And Father, we come with an open heart, an open mind, desiring you to fill our hearts. Fill us, Lord, with your word, with the wisdom that you have. I pray that you'd strengthen us and stir us. Give us the enablement we need to be able to go forward this week. And thank you, Lord, for the joy of being able to live this life. And Lord, to have a desire to see you do a work in us and through us. But Father, we need this. All Scripture is profitable. Lord, this is helpful. It's beneficial. And I pray this morning that it would be edified, that would be built up upon the Bible. And, Father, that we have ears to hear, that we'd hear. Lord, that would receive your word with joy, with openness and acceptance. We ask for a fresh anointing of thy spirit. Holy Ghost, I pray that you'd please have great liberty to go from place to place and heart to heart in the pews and convict me, I pray. Help me, strengthen me as I simply desire to be yielded to you and be a conduit that you can flow through and speak through as we look to thee. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. How many of you are familiar with Abraham in the Bible? Would you raise your hand high above your head? Many of us in the room this morning and what a tremendous testimony of a man who Who live by faith. How that God said, get out of the land of your fathers and go to a land that I will reveal unto you. God didn't tell him where it was. But I will reveal unto you as you're journeying along the way. How about that? Pack up your belongings and live like a vagabond and live in a tent basically out in the wilderness. And I want you to wander and I want you to follow me and I will never lead you astray. Of course that takes faith, does it not? Of course God would have us to live by faith today too. And of course, as time went on and as Abraham had this wonderful relationship with God, there was one point, and you can read this in the book of Genesis, how that he was communing with God late into the night underneath the midnight stars. And God said, look up into the heavens and try to count every single star with your eye. Abraham, so will be your future descendants. Grab a handful of sand and let the grains sift through your fingers and and try to count every single grain there. Of course, we know that's humanly impossible. We'd be stuck here for a while if we even count a thimble amount of grain and the sands therein. Amen. He said, God said, so will be your future descendants. I promise unto you and your wife Sarah a boy. Of course, I'm sure he got excited, you know. Wow, we're going to have a, a child and we can raise a godly seed and, and man, go forward in this world and, and, uh, and ha- invest into the next generation and, and have a child, praise the Lord, and him and his wife uh, rejoicing in that. But the years came and they went. And now he's 100 and his wife is 90. We find in Genesis 18 how that the Lord came and, of course, God in the flesh is Jesus Christ. There's only one. It's Jesus. We see here an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ in Genesis 18 and how that Jesus comes and he communes and he fellowships there with Abraham as they're sitting down around the open fire in front of the tent. And and what a joy that must have been to literally be face-to-face with Jesus. By the way, we get that privilege every day. And even though we may not physically see him, we can spiritually sense him. And God ministers unto us that work and that word of grace as we read the Bible and as we pray and seek the Lord. And I'm not trying to be crazy, but listen, I don't know about you, but I can feel the presence of God in my heart and my life. I can sense him. I'm not trying to be mystical or weird or or any that kind of nonsense, but I can feel it, man, when I'm praying for wisdom or I need a decision. I'm at a crossroads and I need God. I'm going to be still. I'm going to be silent. I'm going to stay my mind and my eyes upon the Lord. I'm going to look to Jesus and and not look anywhere else. I'm going to focus on God, and I can sense God giving the discernment and giving the direction that I need to make the right kind of choice in my life. Amen. What a blessing. There Abraham was being able to commune with the Lord, a couple of the angels on either side, and God looked up at Abraham. He said, Abraham, he said, remember that promise I gave you all those years ago about you and your wife having a child? Sorry, you're in the front row, so we're putting you in the hot seat. Amen? <laughs> you know, next year at this time, you're going to have a little baby boy. It's not a child that you're adopting. It's not a little bundle of joy that's left on your tent doorstep. But rather, this is something that I'm going to allow you to experience, husband and wife, to have a child. Of course, mind-blown, Sarah overhearing the conversation in the tent as she's preparing things and and just laughed and chuckled, said, Are you kidding me? I'm 90. Everybody knows that I'm past the years of being able to bear children. And the Lord's just trying to be sweet to my husband, you know? And then he things, he's just always oh, just being kind and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm not sure exactly the thought process of her mind or heart, but she did laugh, the Bible says, and she just chuckled. And I think if I approached any nine-year-old woman in this room and said, You're gonna have a child next year, you'd do the same thing. The Lord then looked up and made direct eye contact with Abraham, and he said, why does your wife laugh? He asked a question so needful and so helpful. Is anything too hard for God? Now, it's humanly impossible. It's something that I cannot, no one can there are various things like this in life, uh, insurmountable odds and impossibilities that we face, and the Bible is very clear to teach us that the arm of flesh will fail. I'm mindful of what Jesus uh, helped the disciples understand, and I've just got this jotted down, just, just listen as I read some of these verses here. Jesus said in Mark 10, verse number 27, Jesus, looking upon them, saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Now pause. Is that Bible, yes or no? Is it solid scripture, yes or no? We must take God at his word. It's as simple as that. Let God take care of the details. Let God take care of the difficulties. Let God take care of the decisions and the various things. Just give it to Jesus and tell it to Jesus and look to Jesus. He's given us chapter and verse, a promise. Praise God! And even though I cannot figure things out on my own, even though I will make a mess of things real quick, and even though I cannot seem to orchestrate and man try to organize things in a certain way for things to work out for the best, I will fail, but Jesus will never fail. God will never make a mistake. We'll see here just a little bit later in Romans chapter number four how that it was faith that fueled him. This is so necessary in our Christian life. I believe faith is greatly underneath attack daily, especially with all that we've been facing the past couple of years. A lot of stuff that's trying to suck away and sap away our faith and to get us to be governed and gripped by fear rather than being guided by faith. May the Lord strengthen and help our faith. We find a a chapter earlier in the book of Mark... Uh, the story, and we'll get back to Abraham in a moment, but we find a story uh, uh, of Jesus there as he's healing people and he's teaching and there's revival breaking out. Man, stuff is happening. And, and there, there's a, there's a father that brings a demon-possessed son to the feet of Christ and, and the father is just so despondent. He's just—he's so broken and he wants something to be done uh, because uh, uh, this devil is is literally destroying the life of his child and, and his heart is is yearning for the touch of God in his family's life. By the way, that'll preach. God, give us moms and dads who are desperate and who long for the touch of God in their home. Amen? I'm not saying that your kids are demon possessed. Sometimes we may think they are. But listen, we just need the touch of God. Amen? We need the Lord. And getting through this here in Mark 9, just jot down the reference if you'd like, but to keep things moving along quickly, saying how in the world can he go any faster? Just bear with me. The Bible says in Mark 9, 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe... All things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway, immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. May the Lord help us. i just say it this way. A spirit of reckless abandonment. No reservation, no hesitation. You know what? I need God. We're not going to stop till we get God. Man, I know that there's pump and circumstance with this and that and the other church and all that. But man, we're done with all the formalism. We're done with all the ritualism. Listen, we just need God. We're going to get transparent and authentic about this. I know I'm in front of others, but man, I don't care. I need Jesus, and I don't want anything to stop or hinder or stifle God. I'm in a great crossroads right now. My family needs Jesus. I need the Lord, and oh God, I genuinely, from my heart, and, and it so consumes me that it is affecting me externally. But God this is now something that I'm trying to work up, but something that's welling within my heart, and it's coming out, and it's overflowing as I pour myself in humility at your feet. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. You realize that unbelief in Scripture, the Bible teaches us, uh, teaches us that unbelief is a literal hindrance of the hand of God. It holds God's hand back. It holds heaven back. Let, let's continue to read here in, in, in Romans chapter number four. We're kind of here and there and everywhere, but all these things will dovetail together. Verse number 19, the Bible says, And being not weak in faith, and dovetails with the thought of the Father who came to the feet of Jesus, crying out, Lord, help them unbelief. I believe how that he was not weak in faith. Maybe this morning we're anemic and sickly in our faith. May the Lord increase our faith this morning. That should be a constant prayer in our lives. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse number 20, notice, and we'll set here for a moment, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. There's that word yet again popping up, unbelief. It's interesting, unbelief, as we mentioned uh, just just a moment ago, is a hindrance of heaven. It holds God back, and I pray this morning. Just pause for it. I pray that every single person in this room desires to experience God unleashed. I pray that you desire and you long for God to open up the windows of heaven, and God to uh, <laughs> He's the one that giveth increase. Uh, it's not us; it's He that giveth us the power to even get wealth. There's nothing that we have in and of ourselves. It's only Jesus. It's all Jesus. We have nothing to brag about. We have nothing to boast of. For a man to be able to eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor, this is a gift of God. And every gift, good gift, every perfect gift cometh down from above. It comes and it originates in the heart of God toward you. Thank the Lord for his goodness in your life. It ain't you. It's him. The flesh profiteth nothing, the Bible says very clearly. And so many times we get so bloated with pride and arrogance and we think it's us when we just need an old-fashioned uh, revival of humility and a heart that is broken, realizing that we are nothing and that God is everything. And without Him, I can do nothing, as Jesus said, as, says in John fifteen five. And I see myself for who I am. I am just a, a sinner saved by grace. I, I'm worthless. I'm weak. Uh, I have no strength in and of myself to make a difference. But God is the game-changer. God is the difference maker. And as I humble myself before the Lord in absolute brokenness, and I yield myself in my nothingness, I yield that unto his everythingness, God will be able to do something with it. Those things must be tethered together. And I in my heart have faith and belief, realizing it ain't what I can bring to the table. But it's all God and only God. You know what? I don't know what to do, but my eyes are stayed upon thee. I'm going to wait for Jesus. I'm going to let God lead my life as I follow him with a heart filled and fueled with absolute trust and an absolute reliance and an absolute resolve that he has my best interest in mind and he knows exactly the way that I take. And, and you know what? I'm going to keep my eyes under the hills from once cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. And I believe in God and nothing will shake me or take me away from that. God is my refuge and strength. I will focus on him and him only. Just, in Abraham, the Bible says that he did not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. I'm concerned that unbelief can grip our hearts. Because what happens is we begin to look at all the stuff that's swirling around us and we think, man, I don't know about all this. For instance, here's one. We're just going to set an atom bomb off in the church. Are you ready? I'm not trying to be silly or foolish or goofy or anything, but I'm, I'm serious. I'm just preaching from my heart. Here's the thing. And I don't want anybody to answer. Please don't move bodily. You can't, I mean, I don't, can't control that. But, but here's the question. Do you believe in national revival? Do you believe that America can come back to God 100%? And right now in your heart, if you think, no, you have unbelief. I'm not trying to be get all up in your face. I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm not. I wish I could, I, I say this every once in a while, I wish I could buy a lie detector test and tether myself to it, you know? It has to have a long cord to it so it can follow me around, right? Like the old-fashioned microphone cords, but to prove that I'm not lying, I mean this. I'm genuinely, gen- but that's one area. I believe in national revival. Why? Because God is still God. And against hope, I still believe in hope. Because Isaiah one is still in the Bible. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. It's not too late for any civilization until the judgment has fallen. And for me to throw my hands up in the air saying, all is lost, it's done, you know, uh, the, the book has been closed and sealed. Who are you and who do you think you are? Who do I think I am? To pronounce the judgment of God. I don't even know what God is. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what God wants to do. All I know is that I need to stay faithful and being faithful. Part of that is the word faith. I'm going to trust in God. Uh, I'm not talking about some blind naivety or optimism, but rather it is something that is rooted and grounded in scripture. We are taking God at his literal word and we are going to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised. I believe in God this morning. But Caleb Garraway every single day, has got to crawl out of that bed and he desperately needs victory over the flesh that's trying to be consumed with unbelief. At least I'm there daily. And I need God to slay and to mortify my flesh and the deeds thereof. And I need to have a heart that is filled and fueled by faith and a fervency and a focus on God. Let's see what God can do. And the Lord will do this day and this week. Last time I checked, the Bible says in Psalm 118, this is is the day which the Lord hath made. (laughs) We will rejoice and be glad in it. The Bible says in Matthew 13, 58, talking about unbelief, it says, and the Lord, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. If you're familiar with the verse, wow, what an eye-opener. I do not want that to be said about my life. I'm serious. I do not want that to be said about my testimony, about our ministry, or whatever it is that we're involved in individually. I can't speak for you. I can't speak for your life. I can't speak for this church. I can't speak for your ministry of what God has called every single one of you to be engaged in as a full-time Christian. That's God's desire, by the way, and design. People who are all in. I can at least speak for me. One day at a time. I want to see what God can do. And God wants to do a work. I believe that. God's not done till the trumpet sounds. He's not done with me until He returns and we sing about, oh, yes, God is coming back. But you realize that God does not want me to be idle. Oh, the Lord's God, I hear the sound of prophecies fulfilled. Doesn't mean that I need to sit down on the rocking chair on the front porch and just look to the eastern sky and wait but rather it should develop more of an ardency and a passion and enthusiasm and a spirit that's all in saying, man, if we've only got one week left before Jesus returns, we better, we better get going, amen? There are lost souls that need to be reached. There's, there's stuff that still needs to be done. There are souls hanging in the balance in eternity that needs to be influenced. Man, what are we doing? God, I've wasted years. I've wasted moments. I've squandered times when I could have had faith to see you unleashed and experienced the impossible to become possible. God, forgive me. God, help me. God please increase my faith the Lord wants to do works God wants to do a work in us ultimately so he can do a work through us Philippians 2 talks about that what a privilege God wants to use you and me as tools in his hand to make a difference are you letting God use you without faith it's impossible to please him God will use a life of faith, but he cannot use a life of unbelief. God wants to do mighty works. He specializes in the impossible and the miraculous. God wants to do many mighty works. Amen. Gospel film, and I'm not trying to make this weird. Gospel film, 47 million views in less than two years. Thousands of souls saved. I could die tomorrow. I shouldn't even be here right now. I should have died two years ago. Shouldn't even be here. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I don't know about you, but I've only got one shot at this life, and so do you. And I do not want to be a fair-weather Christian or a sunshine soldier, if you will, but I want to be someone thick and thin, whatever it is, God, you've got something for me. Help me to have faith and to trust in you and not lose that resolve. And God, you've brought us up to a task that's impossible. And God, I can't figure it out. And instead of me being frustrated and instead of me fretting and losing sleep and all this kind of stuff, worrying, God, I'm not going to worry. Rather, I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to trust in you and I know that you will always do in my life what's for your uh, glory and for my good. And so I'm going to have faith in this. I'm going to believe in this. And God, I don't want any doubt in my heart or life or any unbelief in my life, a lack of faith in my life to stifle you, to hinder you from being able to do the work that you so desire. My heart is just so pressed this morning. God is convicting me about this. He really is. I want faith. By the way, Jesus is just looking for faith the size of a grain of what? I've carried this thing around for like two years. I've not used it once in a message, but this morning we're actually using it. Here we have a jar of mustard seed. Right there. God's not asking for much. There's enough mustard seed probably in this room for every single person to get one, and I'm not dropping hints that you need to get one. I do encourage you, though, to go to Walmart, buy yourself one, set it there on your nightstand, look at it every single morning. Trying to turn off the alarm on your phone, this thing falls in the ground. Amen? Hey, grain of just, just one of these He said, you can look at this mountain. Let me just read the verse, and I think that'll be better for let Jesus to speak for himself instead of me trying to paraphrase it. It says, verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now help me out again, church. Did Jesus say this, yes or no? Is this solid scripture, yes or no? I must, you must, we must take God at his word. How big is your God this morning? Can your God do this? Say, well, you know, testimony of Abraham, that was Abraham. What about me? Let's keep reading in Romans chapter number four. Are you still there? Would you say amen? The Bible says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. This word strong means uh, that he was emboldened in his conviction. I've written that in the margin of my Bible, uh, that as a result of, uh, as we'll see the rest of the verse say here in verse number 21, as a result of what he was experiencing and hearing, man, this caused him to go from here in his Christian life to where? To here. It was a journey upward. I said something in the 930 service that I'd never said before. I said, listen, Abraham was 100 years old and he was still growing in Christ, Now, if my dad was preaching, he was from Brooklyn, New York, you know, he's in heaven now, he would say this. Are you ready? He would say this. So what's your excuse? (laughs) He would say that. (laughs) But I'm not going to say that because that's kind of offensive. 100 years old and still growing. And what happens in my life? Well, I started going to church nine minutes before I was born. That's my testimony. I grew up in church. But you know what? Just because I've been in church for 35 years of my life doesn't mean that I've got it all figured out. He's still working on me. I'm a work in progress. The older you get, the more you realize, the less you know, and there's stuff in your life that needs help. And may we continue to journey unto Jesus and follow the Lord. And as Paul testified, I count not myself to have apprehended. Or oh, Listen, I don't consider myself to have arrived. Sure, I've done this, that, and the other, but all of that is, is pointless to me. It's but dung. I want to win Christ. I want to know what it is to uh, even fellowship in his sufferings. And I want to know what it is to have the power of God, right upon my life, and I'm not going to be settled or content with the status quo or just put things in cruise control and just keep it at a certain level. I want God to do a work in me so that way I can continue to go forward, onward, upward, forward, never stopping, never ceasing, but always journeying, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It all is derived from a heart of faith. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I press toward the mark. He was reaching forth into those things which are before. Abraham was strong in his faith, giving glory to God. I love that because that's teaching me that he was giving God thanks and praising the Lord for what had not yet been done in his life, had not become literally physical yet. Isaac was the child that they would have. Isaac wasn't even a thought of their parents yet. 100 years old, his wife 90. Well, we're past the years. But you know what? Isaac was on the mind and the heart of God. And praise the Lord this morning, he gave God the glory. May we do the same. And some of us with the hardships and the trials and the difficulties and the valleys and the struggles that we face, uh, as we'll see here in a moment, the various things that God is able to do in our life where God has specified some things that we would take heart in this and that in advance we would just give him the glory even in the altar this morning or in your heart as you're driving home uh, or wherever it is that you're going this afternoon uh, that you would just take a moment and let you would let your spirit just be so filled and enraptured with Christ and a heart that is overwhelmed saying God thank you it's all spiraling out of control right now but you've got a method to the madness you know what you're doing Instead of me fretting about it, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to have a heart that's fueled by faith. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse number 21, the Bible says, and being fully persuaded, or he was completely convinced, that what God, what he had promised, he was able, God was able also to perform. I'm thankful for this in the Bible, aren't you? Many of us, if we're not careful, will say, well, that's just Abraham, what about me? Let's journey unto Ephesians chapter number three. Ephesians chapter number three, verse number 20. Ephesians three verse number twenty. I'm thankful that what God was able to do back then, God is able to do now. Ephesians three twenty. The Bible says now unto him I don't want to pause here, but you know you know why Caleb Garraway struggles with faith sometimes? Because I've lost my focus of who Him is. When we stop and we realize that God is still God, omniscient, omnipotent, supreme, nothing too hard for Him, it will become a no-brainer. Say, "Yeah. OK, let's trust in God. Because I'm not trusting in a man, some organization, for a certain check to come in the mail and break through. I'm waiting on God, I'm trusting in God, your text for the theme of the year. Those people had their backs against the wall, insurmountable odds. The enemies of God coming against the people of God. Neither know what what we to do, they said, but our eyes are upon thee. What was that? It was faith. And they stood there with their wives, their little ones. They just stood there waiting for the answer from heaven. Amen? And as a result of that, that was the catalyst by which God could perform the miracle of divine, glorious, supernatural intervention. It wasn't them trying to figure things out on their own. I know God gave us common sense to use, but that's not the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And we're not gonna move forward one millimeter until we get the mind of the Lord and we get wisdom from God and we get the confirmation of His Spirit that this is what He wants us to do. And that's faith. It's hard. Every single man here this morning that literally grates against our nature. Maybe I'm the only one. It's hard. We want to have our ducks in a row. And listen, God would have things done decently and in order, but don't run forward headstrong trying to do that which is right in your own eyes. Wait upon the Lord, and don't do anything until you get the confirmation of God in your life. All thy ways acknowledge him, the Bible says in Proverbs 3.6, and he shall direct thy paths. The Bible says in Ephesians now unto him that is able, I like that, don't you? You could put a period right there, and it would be enough said. It's present tense, is it not, church? Praise the Lord that he is able It continues, he's able to do. God wants to do a work exceeding abundantly above all that which we ask or think. Notice, according to the power that worketh where? In us. It's referencing that heart of faith and having a life that believes absolutely convinced in the Lord that God is able. And it's so wonderful and it's so encouraging and it's so refreshing this morning to consider verses such as these, a testimony such as Abraham, and to hear the words of Jesus Christ. And at least for me, it strengthens me, it stirs me. Many of us in this room, we have heard this probably hundreds of times. If you've been a church, any, any duration of time in your life, But many times in Scripture, God teaches us, He says, I want to stir you by putting you in remembrance. Uh, You're established in these things, and you know these things, but I'm just trying to remind you, because you're not living the way you ought to be living, to live a life of faith. It's interesting as you journey through scripture and with the last few moments that I hope we have remaining this morning, I think it's needful for us and I think it good for us to observe a few of the things that God decided to specify uh, in what he is able to do. And, and just very quickly look at 2 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 9, chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 8. 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 8. Bible says here, and God is, what church? Able. To make all grace abound toward you that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to what? Every good work. Not hit and miss, but every single thing. This is wonderful. This is great. God is able to supply Aren't you thankful this morning that whenever God leaves us to be engaged in something in his will, he will not leave us empty-handed, but God will give the measure of grace that we need, and God will give us the equipment and the tools, if you will, and the sustenance we need to go forward to accomplish and abound in every good work. And many of us in this room, I'm sure, in a crowd this size, has great needs, but I'm thankful that we have a great God capable of handling these needs, Philippians 4.19 declares, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm thankful that we can open up the Bible and see for ourselves, chapter and verse, that God is able to make all things abound unto us, not for our wants and our whims, but for the needs that we have so we can be engaged and accomplish everything that can must be done in his will. We also see, going to Hebrews chapter number two, journeying quickly, Hebrews chapter number two. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number two, verse number 18, Hebrews two, verse number 18. It says here in this verse, I'll begin to read for the sake of time, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, faced the various temptations and I'm thankful that there is no temptation taking you, but which is common to man, God is faithful to make a way of escape with the temptation, the time of testing that comes, and the Bible teaches us that in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, and in light of that, in light of this, I'm so thankful this morning that God is able to succor, this word "succor" here, an old-fashioned term, which means he's able to help and to bring aid and to attend to one's side So many people and so many times in our life we face heartache and suffering and trials and difficulties and hardships, and sometimes we don't know the way up and down, left and right, and we're like, Job, I have no clue what's going on in my life, but he knoweth the way that I take. Of course, Jesus does care. In Psalm 46.1 it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We've already referenced Psalm 121, verse number 1, where it declares, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I'm thankful this morning that no matter what we face, that God is able to supply here this morning, and God will give you what's necessary to be able to go on another day. He said, I've been young, now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Oh, church, seek Jesus with your life, and as Jesus promised in Matthew six thirty-three, all these things shall be added unto you, but beyond that, he's able to help. So many times we try to live life and figure out how to do things on our own. We struggle, don't we? We have difficulties and hardships and trials. And instead of trying to figure this thing out on our own, aren't you thankful that we can cast all our care upon him and at his feet, knowing that he cares for us? This morning, church, may we give it to Jesus and not try to bear it on our own. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And in this moment, in this moment, God is seeking to help us. God is seeking to encourage us as He lovingly reminds us and reveals to us that He is able to succor. That is what allows Caleb Garraway to put his head on the pillow at night and be at peace. So many storms, so many trials. I'm just going to give it to God. Why? Because he's got this. He can take care of it. Lord, help me to just have faith. The Bible, and I won't have you turn there, but you could jot this down. God is able to subdue. Philippians 3.20, one talks about that, how that he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I'm thankful, church, this morning that our God has all power given unto him, and his ability can overcome any Adversity. Jesus is the one who stood on the bow of that little boat and cried out, Peace be still. How that Jesus has the power to overcome any adversary. Through God we shall do valiantly, the Bible says in Psalm 60, verse number 12. For he it is that shall tread down our enemies. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And no matter what we face or who we face in life, it always pales in comparison with who we face it with. And Jesus Christ is there. And if you have a struggle this morning, maybe you've got a vice of an addiction of pornography or smoking or drugs or alcohol or there's a besetting sin in your life like anger or frustration or a dirty mind, a a, a heart that is filled with gossip and bitterness and rebellion and unsubmissive spirit. All these kind of things that can become a plague in our life and affect us. God is able this morning to subdue all things unto himself. You can have victory. And my dad, who was a drug addict and an alcoholic. My mom, a risque dancer from the streets of New Jersey. God was able to do a great work of grace in their life. They had so many trials and so many struggles and so many things uh, that they had to overcome, but God was able to take ashes and create beauty. God was able to transform them uh, from wickedness and turn them to Christ, and how wonderful God can this morning. And lastly, in conclusion, I love what the Bible says in Hebrews seven twenty five. We're already in Hebrews 2, so we'll end there. Just a few pages over in Hebrews 7, verse number 25. Hebrews 7, verse number 25. The Bible says, I'm so thankful for it. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. That come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He's standing in heaven with his arms open wide, ready to receive anyone who will come to him by faith. Saying, God, I'm a sinner. God, I realize that I'm not perfect and I cannot work my way to heaven. I fall short of your glory Oh God, if I died in my sin, I recognize, according to your word, that I would not be able to go to heaven, because you do not allow sin into your presence, but rather it must be cast away from thy sight, and my sin separates me from you, and because of my sin, there is a death coming beyond physical death. It's a spiritual death, an eternity where I'm cast into the lake of fire, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. God, you don't want me to go there. That's why you willingly sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him, faith believeth in him, should not perish or die and go to hell, but have everlasting life. And I'm thankful this morning that God is able to save. doesn't matter who it is or what you've committed or what you've done. Jesus Christ died for you on the cross We rejoice in our salvation this morning. What about those who have yet to receive Christ? Don't you think they deserve to have a saving chance too? How is God using you? I'm not talking about the church collectively. I'm talking about the individual because the body of Christ is made up of the people. We could literally bulldoze all these properties because it's nothing. It's meaningless because the church is you, we're thankful for all this, and we want to be good stewards with it, but this is the church. What are you doing individually for God to use you by faith to share with other people the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? He's able to save. Maybe you've got a lost loved one, a family member, maybe a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, someone that you're burdened with, and you think, man, I, he's able to save. Well, you don't know what I've done. I don't know. I don't need to know. It's been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. He forgives and He forgets forever. And you don't need to hang out your dirty laundry. <laughs> we all have dirty laundry. We tried to put some in the washer this morning. We've all got it. But I'm thankful that He's able to save. Are you saved this morning? As a child of God, are you living by faith? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you letting God guide you? What motivates you and what moves you? May the Lord help us this morning to be a people who declare our eyes are upon thee. And Father, we will do as you say to do and we will go as you would have us to go. We will give as you so guide and lead us to give. Father, we want to take a step of faith because we do not want to hinder heaven. We want to see you unleashed in our church, our home, and our lives. Please, God, do a work. Help thou our unbelief and increase our faith.